Hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every Monday I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. Now, let's face it, you probably have moments when you think you do the same thing as many others. Marketing is the structured approach of defining who you are, what you do and who you do it for. And this week my guest is Joseph Bojang and he's delivering the lead generation strategy and implementation for some of the biggest names online. In this episode, he's going to share what he's learned from that work and how he's using it to accelerate and amplify his own visibility as he pivots into his own personal brand business. As you may know, this show is supported by our sponsor, Agora Pulse. And you know how hard it is to juggle all the things in your business, the accounts, the meetings, the never-ending inbox. And that's why I've teamed up with Agora Pulse to give you more than five hours back a week when it comes to managing your social media marketing. No complicated Excel documents, long emails, or millions of open tabs. Simply manage all your social media channels in one place. Go to amplifyme.agency forward slash Agora Pulse to score two months for free. Now, all you have to do is figure out how you want to spend those spare five hours. If you're new to the show, then take a second right now to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes and you can grab some older ones when you're done with this one. Now, I also have a new thing on the website. If you visit any of the podcast pages on the amplifyme.agency website, you'll find there's a new button on the right-hand side that says leave a voice message. If you see that, you click on it, you can record a voice message for me right there on the website it'll come straight through to me and i can include it here on the podcast so if you have questions ideas or feedback let me know and i would love to include you don't forget as well you can join my facebook community just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there welcome along and let's meet joseph so this week, I'm really excited to welcome Joseph Bojang to the show. Joseph, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do? Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. So yeah, like you said, I am Joseph Bojang. And one thing that I do and have been doing for a while is building websites and helping people get get their marketing started online. But around 2015 is when I started getting into more digital advertising. And since then, I've really been working with a lot of large brands and at times software companies, airports, to really help them make sure that their hard-earned money that they have is working for them as they're bringing in new customers, as they're growing their business, and just taking people through what we all refer to as this customer journey. So that's that's what my business is now. But over the past year, I've really been making some shifts in it. And I think this is what you see in most business owners, um, they kind of leave their nine to five job, they're an employee, and then they decide they want more. So then they become more, they start selling professional services, maybe even a product. But then at some point, um, they want more leverage in their life, because you notice that whenever you leave, um, and you work for yourself, you, you, <laughs> you have, instead of one boss, you end up getting 35 different bosses, depending on how mm-hmm. many clients you have. So um, like most sole proprietors, um, entrepreneurs working with a small team, um, I've kind of gotten into that stage where I'm really looking to help more people and more of a, a business to consumer instead of business to business type way so that I can actually help new business owners that are leaving their job or, you know, pivoting professionals, as I call them, or even people that have been marketing for a long time that are looking for a way to actually get out of this 
um, idea that they started their business with of I, I just give good service and I'll grow through referrals. So that's the shift that I've started to make is to help other people market their business, understand how to get really good results with their marketing, and then um, hopefully create a community for them because this isn't um, super easy to do on your own. Um, after a few years, you want other folks to be in your life, your business life, and to, to get encouragement from them. So that's another part of it. It's not just about business, but it's also about relationships as well. I, I love that. And it's like you're my Oklahoma business twin. It's, <laughs> it's a very similar journey to mine. It's There's some really interesting parallels there. And what I liked was that there's, there's a sense of purpose in what you're talking about that's really important for me. Mm-hmm. And I think... The pivoting professionals it's very easy for people to not really listen to what that means that's somebody who has decided they're going to make a big change in their life and that's a big deal and to take advice from somebody when you're making a change like that's a big decision mm-hmm. and i really admire anybody that's making those big decisions because so many people settle so many people are just content to do what they do and they worry about the risk of setting up their own business Mm -hmm. and there was something you said a minute ago which was you go from having one boss to having 25 bosses and for some people they might think that sounds like a real hassle but the flip side of it is and I think it's important to put this flip side is if you're sitting in a job and you're thinking you're secure right now and you've maybe had that job for a long time the truth is you just have to annoy one person to get fired Mm -hmm. When you have 25 bosses, you have 25 people that you need to annoy before you have a huge problem, (laughs) which is actually a really nice place to be. And for me, it feels much more secure. Uh, You've really spread your risk out there. Yeah, I want to say one thing to that, um, that kind of popped in my head as you were talking is whenever I started, I primarily was business to business. And I I think this is really important for anyone transitioning. Um, and looking to sell courses, memberships, and do all of those things is when you're starting out in your business to business and you provide a service, it doesn't matter if you're a lawyer, if you are a janitor, um, a marketing professional, whatever that professional service is, it's a little bit easier to find clients because you know that businesses and industries clump together. So if you clean floors, you know that you just need to go find someone that owns a building. (laughs) And you can, you know, target those folks and start coming after them with a particular message. Um, And this is the same for marketing services. So when I first started, I knew that there were businesses that needed leads. So it was easy to find this pool of leads and I could easily get in there um, through paid advertising, through direct outreach with email. I would um, just send tons of email out and just say, hey, this is the service I provide. Are you interested in getting on a call? And then eventually that got into paid ads, but it was easy to find and target and and get new clients. But whenever you shift um, and you start going after consumers and not so much business people, it's a it's a change that you have to take to where you're earning people's time, because the person that might want to buy your course or be in your membership or do that thing that you're selling to them. You're competing against Netflix. You're competing against them going to the gym. You're competing against them hanging out with friends because it's not their job. Um, But when you're business to business, these folks are paid to do a job. And if you can help them make more money or save time or save money, 
they want to keep you around. But when it's business to consumer, there's a different task, a different way that you have to put your voice out there. And we have all these ideas of growth hacker, but it's a lot more work. And that's been one thing for me, um, Bob, that I've been noticing is that the skills that I built up that I can now teach people are different than the skills that I have to employ to get new customers and students for my courses, which has been an interesting insight that I've had lately. I can really see that. It's almost like there are two disciplines there. There's the the relationship building discipline of business to consumer mm-hmm. and the attention discipline of business to business. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting that I hadn't actually looked at it that way before, that really you're competing with inertia mm-hmm. in the consumer space and in the business to business it's their job to be moving. Inertia isn't something you're allowed to enjoy when you're at work. Mm-hmm. When you're at home, you can sit in your chair and watch TV and that's okay. But when people are, I guess you need to get in front of the people that are looking for transformation when you're, they're already battling themselves with inertia. So yeah, let me, let me give a clear example of that too. So let's say that when I first started, I didn't think this would be the case, but my best clients were marketing departments. So I ran ads on Facebook, on Google, I helped them with marketing automation, things like that. My best clients were marketing departments in very large companies because they couldn't just hire someone that had the experience. They needed a certain type of person that was available to go set up a booth at a at a, an event. They needed someone that could um, run their social media. But when it came to running paid ads and, and having a, a plan for that, that was very difficult for them. So a lot of the people that would hire me would be the chief marketing officer or some senior level marketing professional. So when they hire me, I was able to make them look good at their nine to five. So they, they're paid, <laughs> they're paid to be there. So when I come in and I help them look better and I help them get better results and communicate in a certain way, it's easy to keep me around. But as I've started teaching people how to create a funnel, how to um, brand their company through understanding their voice a little bit better, I've noticed that some people, um, what I'm competing against, I could have like a course that takes them from step one to step done or you know, getting them to the next step, but they wouldn't have their work completed some weeks or something else got in the way. And um, that's when I realized, wow, this for them is an additional thing to their life. So there's all these things that I actually need to help folks with before they start working on their business to get them motivated and understanding that their schedule needs to be clear. And this is something I, you know, I, I know that you do, you plan your, your work and I'm moving more into that now to actually plan the time to make this content production an actual job and not just something I do in the hobby. One person said that if you treat your side business or your your side hustle like a side hustle or like a side business, then it's going to be very difficult to grow. You actually have to treat it like it's your full time business, even if you're just giving it, you know, two hours a day or two hours a week. There's this level of effort that has to be given to it because you don't always know what's going to work. But when you bring that effort, then you're able to uncover, oh, when I talk about this topic, people get excited. Now, how can I flip that and keep talking about it so people really get it and they move forward and they move to the next step? So that's been something that's been deep on my mind. And as I think about it, and even talking with you and knowing your purpose of helping um, entrepreneurs get online and, and get moving forward, 
I think that's the number one thing for all of us <laughs> that are helping yeah. people is to help them move to that next step or figure out why they're stuck and, and really help them push over that, that wall. I think what a lot of people don't appreciate is that when you're working in the online space, you're working in a very hazardous environment. It's very time consuming, very distracting, very toxic in a lot of ways. A lot of people are very fearful about showing up in that environment. Hmm. There's a lot of reasons why people don't take the action they could. Hmm. And especially if they have a day job, because other people's stuff will always be more important than yours. Hmm. That's just a fact. Hmm. And when you've got your boss waiting for you to do things, your your kids or your family waiting for you to do things, those are things that are on fire. They need Those fires need to be put out. And then you've got contrasted with that difficult, scary, intimidating things to do. There's a very strong repelling force there that will try and keep you away. So you have to be super intentional about doing these things. And mm -hmm. as you described, it has to be scheduled or it won't get done. Yeah. Simply. I agree. Um, now, one place that I really want to go with you, because for me, it stands out a mile, is YouTube. You've been doing YouTube. I don't know how long you've been doing it, but you have a similar number of subscribers to me, which is, frankly, not many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, for it, my kids would laugh at the number of subscribers. They do <laughs> laugh at the number of subscribers I've got. But I'm okay with that. But you get crazy views on your videos. So what, what's with that? What happened? That doesn't happen yeah. by accident. Yeah, so I, I will say YouTube for me has been an, an interesting ride. So, <clears throat> excuse me. At the moment, I believe I only have maybe around 10, 10 or 11 videos. Um, I started late last year and I think I posted one video in August. I was posting, <laughs> it felt like one video a month. And I started YouTube for many different reasons, but the main reason I started YouTube is I'm good at search engine optimization. And one thing I know about search engine optimization is it's not about posting what you care about, but it's actually posting what other people care about. And hopefully you know what you're talking about. So whenever I post on YouTube, there's a few things that I'm posting on that I wouldn't post on, but I when I do the research, I see that they are getting tons of search. So I think one of the most uh, viewed videos I have, which is only like a thousand, but when I look at that video, I know that people were wanting to learn how to create a website. So of course I go out and I have extensive experience on doing that, so I create that video. So most of the videos I'm creating right now are all based off of research. So I don't post a video that I haven't researched and I don't see that there's um, a high search volume for, and also um, the competition's pretty low. I will say on the last two videos, with the exception of the last two, I'm at the point now I've just hired an editor. So I'm starting to produce um, two videos a week. So I'll record, as soon as I record, send those to the editor and they'll take it from there. But with those last two videos, I feel like now I'm in a place where I can start growing faster um, so I did one on how to quit your job, which I knew was popular. And I think I spent like $20 in ads um, on that just to get it out there further. <laughs> and then I turned it off. Um, so with those two, I have spent about $40 um, just to promote those. But most of everything I do is really just based off of search engine optimization. YouTube is one of the, I think it's it, for sure in the top five, I think it's number two top search engines in the world. 
So the benefit of that is actually just finding what people want, what they're already searching for, and then just putting your information with a catchy uh, thumbnail in front of them. And now I'm really working on doing better in my videos to try to keep people engaged and make sure that the content is, is really what they're looking for. So that, that really is my number one channel for posting now. And um, I really hope that by the end of this year, um, I have thousands of people subscribing and, and getting value from that channel. You see, I love that your answer is simply, you just do the work, you do the research, <laughs> you do what everybody tells you to do. There's no magic. No I magic. Think, <laughs> There's no magic. As one of the things that I think a lot of content creators are guilty of is just fighting through getting the content done, get it out there, throw on a title, and then blame YouTube when you don't get the views that you wanted. Mm -hmm. it's, but I had a, a follow-up question, I guess, and that is how do you balance your need to communicate specific things with the fact that, to use terrible words, chasing the algorithm? Yeah. Um, how important is it that your content actually aligns with the description and the title? So I want to say I love this question for many different reasons. I'll try to just give a few <laughs> as a summary. But one, I only talk about things I believe I have something important to contribute on. So, of course, I could go find something that's popular, that's a popular trend, um, a popular song, and I could post on that. But the reason I don't do that type of thing is when you ride trends, you ride them on the way up. But then when they stop, you don't know what you need to do to um, get that result again. So I'm not one that would ride trends in that way um, unless it's something that we know that happens every year. So, you know, here it's very big for Black Friday um, after Thanksgiving. So people are going to go out and do a lot of shopping. So that might be a trend you can do every year. Um, but most of my videos are things that I've done um, close to a decade. So I consider um, a few things as I'm creating content. One, is this a question that I'm getting that I no longer want to answer? And I would prefer just to send people a YouTube video. Then, is this a topic that I don't want to answer? I think I can answer just as good or in my own voice. But I also want people to have it out there somewhere so they can go back, they can refer to it, they can help themselves. And I don't have to like um, send an, an email or do much on it. So I, I look mm -hmm. at it from that that response, too, is I'm looking at what is what do I want my body of work to be and what I know I want my body of work to be. I can't get to it right now because I really am trying to build up some pillar content. And the pillar content is, if you're gonna do anything online, I know you need a website. So that was like the first series that I did. And then there's other things that I think people need as they start building their business. And I'm building those videos or I'm creating those videos based off of what the algorithm is showing me, but then filling in the other ones. So let's give just a clear example for folks that are, are starting YouTube or even Instagram or, of Facebook. So pillar content will be something around the use of a website. That's the main pillar idea. And pillar is in these large posts that will hold up a building that are sturdy. But then there's supporting content that will point to that pillar content. So if anyone here went to my website, what they would find is that there's a, a large video that's going to say how to make a, a WordPress website with YouTube. I'm sorry, <laughs> with DreamHost. Um, 
But supporting that video are going to be how to add your podcast to your WordPress website, how to add video to your WordPress website, how to do, um, you know, SEO, on-page SEO. So there's all these things that I know people need once they have a website. So I'm creating it in that way so that over time, I feel I'm creating this body of work where people will know me as a marketer first, but then I could start getting into the type of content that I believe really holds people back. I could teach anyone how to create a funnel, how to run an ad, how to do anything. But what most people don't have is a clear understanding of their voice and how they want to be how they want to communicate to stand out from other people. So that involves knowing your story. It involves knowing um, values that you want to communicate. All these things are really um, what I see is holding people back and why they don't get results sometimes because they'll post a video or they'll post um, a Facebook quote card that everyone is doing and and it has nothing unique to them to where I want to continue following them. So that's what I'm trying to do in my own way. Um, I also am not very hypey, but I am very goofy. <laughs> I'm not very funny, but I'm goofy. So even in some of my videos, I have fun. But as I communicate, I always try to associate a marketing strategy to something that's deeper, that's behind. Um, that's behind the idea, not just the tactic, but the strategy. So when I look at YouTube, I'm I'm looking to build a body of work that people can come to and they can start building their business with going through my videos. That's really important to me. So part of it is that, is knowing that I want to do something long-term and I just need to create more. So if I really want to get to the videos that I want to get to, and this is to answer your initial question, if I really want to get to the videos that I think about all the time, I need to create enough of these um, preliminary videos that will get me views, that will get people commenting on my, my videos. And that's what I'm doing now. And I have my content calendar. I have uh, tons of videos that I've already researched, the titles, and I record it. And I don't uh, do the bait and switch. So if, yeah. if, if you read one of my titles and it says, um, what is marketing? What is um, a sales funnel? What is a marketing funnel? Uh, that's what I talk about. <laughs> I don't try to to change it, but I talk about things I know. And um, so I never feel that I'm inauthentic and I'm just chasing views. But that's a big part of it is um, for any business, we need to get out there. We need to be heard. We need to claim our place and be the hero of our life. Um, and of our story. And part of that is uh, standing up and, and putting your voice out there. So um, I do it as, as authentically as I know how. And um, <laughs> that's what I'll keep doing. Well, I think anybody listening to this who has ambitions around YouTube or maybe wonders why they're not getting the views that they would like, this is a really good lesson that it's a simple strategy actually executed without cutting corners. Because I know people with YouTube channels in the tens of thousands who mm -hmm. get comparable views with what you're getting at the moment mm. and other channels that have the subscriber base that you have will typically see between 30 and 40 rather than three to 500 views. Yeah. So that's I, I really, wanted, really. I wanted to say one thing to that too, is I, I think most people don't market their YouTube videos. If you go to my Facebook profile, on my Instagram, um, and even on my Facebook page, you're going to see those videos. So part of that is also 
the community of people who I know I'm connected with on Facebook. I know some of the things that they want to see. I don't just post a video once. So there's there's that too. I think some people mm. post or create a YouTube video and this gets just to, to marketing, right? And repurposing content. That one, if you're making anything, make sure you stand behind it. Um, I've created some things before and I thought, oh, I'll just repurpose this. And I wasn't excited with what the original thing I created and then I repurpose it. Um, and I'm quoting here, I repurpose it. Really, I'm just putting it somewhere else, but it's not really repurposed. And then someone would, you know, say, oh, this wasn't helpful or, you know, they felt I didn't answer their question or do something in a certain way. And I know I, I had some conflicting emotions with those types of things. So one thing mm -hmm. I've decided to do is really post things that I uh, believe I've done my best on. Now, doing my best on something last August is different <laughs> than doing my best <laughs> now. Um, and I realized that, and part of it is is getting better, but at the same rate, um, I post my content several places. I let people see it, I repost it, I reshare it. Um, if someone asks me a question, I'll send it to them in an email. I'll So I do a lot of things that I'm not just relying on the algorithm. And I think that's what most people do. And most people don't comment. They don't leave a call to action in their video. If they post it somewhere, they don't engage with folks. So I'm actually doing that other marketing work around it. And there's some videos that, you know, I think I have 50 or 60 views on. And there's think there's times where I think, oh, maybe I should remarket this and and put it out there again. But I think most people just market once, um, if at all, and then they just move on to the next thing because they are chasing something that's fleeting. Um, but I'm really trying to educate. So uh, part of it is keeping it in people's awareness. I am really glad. Now, there's another place I would like to go with you mm -hmm. because a lot of the time marketers tend to fall into one of two categories. There's, you just need to spend money on ads, design a great funnel, and you can make money. I think some people will call them the bro marketers. Mm. I think that's maybe not quite what I'm talking about, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and then there's the other category that say, it's all about personal brand and profile, and you mm. just need to be visible. Now we both know the truth is, you need to span both to mm -hmm. an extent. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested, to hear from somebody that has spent a long time working in the ads space. Mm -hmm. What impact does your personal brand have when you start investing in that and you bring it in? Yeah, I, I believe to make a lot of money, your personal brand doesn't mean much. And I say that based off my experience and based off the people I've worked with. So there's a lot of people that don't know me. But anyone that would have wanted to hire me for running their Facebook or Google ads, they would know me because they would be the ones getting my emails or getting, you know, seeing an ad. In some way, I would reach out to them directly. But for everyone else, that would be John Q. Public. They've never heard of me. And in many ways, my business goals were to, you know, build good processes, to get new clients, onboard them, deliver a great result and keep doing that over and over and over. So my brand didn't matter unless my business goal would have changed to actually start bringing on new employees. But because I was fine with keeping my company small and working with a few contractors, my personal brand did not matter. But now 
it's extremely huge. And this is why I started YouTube <laughs> last year is I discovered I can get a client. I can go out and make a lot of money, but that means that once I get a client, my time is booked. But now as I've started doing YouTube and I'm making money from affiliate commissions, from course sales, um, I wake up and I'll see an email that says, you just got a commission. So there's a difference in that my brand now matters that I do need to start earning people's attention. Um, I do need to start earning their focus and I can use ads to, to make that process go faster. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think you need both, but I always start with your business goal. I'm at the point now where my business goals do span both. But when I was just after, you know, growing my business and going after other businesses, I didn't rely on my personal brand much. But now that I'm trying to get more consumers, my brand matters because there's that trust that I, I do need to to build up. And I need to become someone in their mind that when they think of someone explaining a concept a certain way, I want them to think of me. And that's that's the difference that I see. And I, I've seen a lot of folks actually go the, you know, they're trying to go after the, they're trying to go after a business or they're trying to go after a consumer with the wrong marketing strategy. Mm. And I say, focus on one, focus either on businesses or Focus either on consumers until you hit your business goals. That could be financially. It could be free time. It could be um, enough income so that you can leave your job, whatever that goal is. Once you hit that goal, then you make a new one. And that may include, that may include um, a revenue stream with consumers or with businesses. But I think it's easier to, to, to grow with one and then add the other. And I think I found most people who have a large brand right now start it with client work first. Um, and this could be your Amy Porterfields. It could be your, I guess Pat Flynn did not. <laughs> he no. kind of started with brand first. But and that's kind of the point is that if, if you have a brand now, you at one point started with going after businesses and providing a, a client service or you started with brand. But when you start with brand, that's a longer journey. But I never saw Pat Flynn taking on marketing clients and having marketing services. He stayed in that one lane. And that's my recommendation is that um, you stay in one lane until you make enough money to where you can hire other people to help. So I've stayed in one lane and now I can hire people to help me grow the brand. Um, or I could have done it reverse and then um, moved over to services. What do you think about that? I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Bob. I think I agree with everything that you said, but I feel with a personal brand, there's this added, what I would call X factor or, or almost glamour in the metaphysical sense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that the best way I would describe this, and I describe it to clients all the time like this, is if you imagine you're driving down a very busy road, how many impressions does your brain take in? It's, it's millions every second. But if there's somebody standing at the side of the road and they're looking directly at you, you're going to remember it all day long. And this is where personal brand works differently from traditional branding. It's a mm -hmm. multiplier. Yeah. It just works very differently from a psychological perspective. So yeah. by investing in your personal brand, you get the result faster. So if you're running ads and people recognize you, your ads are going to cut through more quickly. Yeah. Because a lot of the time I'm working with smaller businesses or businesses that 
have recognizable people in them. They, a lot of the time, they'll want to try and sidestep a personal brand because they think they've perhaps outgrown it mm. and they want the, the corporate brand to maybe step up. I often feel that's not the right approach because yeah. you've got this leverage of the personal brand. It doesn't matter if you're Jimmy, the guy who cuts hair, or you're Elon Musk. Elon Musk. I was told mm-hmm. to call him Elon yesterday. <laughs> that's um, what we call him here, yeah. Then personal brand is going to carry you further than a corporate brand and when i say carry you further it's going to carry you further into people's heads yeah yeah and it doesn't doesn't really matter what the vector is yeah and i will say i agree with that i'm i'm thinking that you it's hard to build both at the same time but i can remember and i i would imagine you've probably had let's talk about mike uh mike kim who has one of the largest podcasts on um, personal brand his brand, his personal brand is such a multiplier that we both would get emails, people soliciting our services, where mine would be the local insurance company or the local lawyer. He would get uh, an international company <laughs> seeking him out because of his personal brand. And that's where I think you're right in that the larger your brand, the more robust and larger type clients you can get. Yeah, it's, it, there's almost a celebrity effect around your business mm-hmm. that like attracts like. Pers- brand, personal brand, if it's done well, it, it's almost like a magnetic effect. There's a strong positive attraction, but there's also a, a negative repulsion. Mm-hmm. And that's a very useful thing because in my space, I want people that are coming to me for me because they love me, mm-hmm. for the values that I have, for the way that I work, for because they've seen my content and they've gone, you know what, I really would not just commercially benefit from working with that guy, but I would love to work with him. And the Mike gets that at a different scale. Yeah. For exactly the reasons you described. Yeah. And I think that's, and I'll, I'll restate it. I think I have a little bit more clarity now in that when I say that build your business first before your personal brand, I don't think you can have a personal brand like a Mike Kim, like a Pat Flynn, like a Amy Porterfield or whoever without first building the business unless you invest years into just building the brand. And I think that's my my main thinking as I think about folks that I primarily work with is they're trying to grow a business. And I see them a lot of the times, to use an expression we use here sometimes, it says like where you get over your skis, where you're out of balance or you're reaching yeah. too far because they're trying to build this personal brand, but their company really doesn't have any um, roots yet. So they're not really building off of, and I'm thinking of the people that are just now starting out and they start posting on social media, but they might, you know, make three, $300 a month as they got one client. And as they start building that, I've found they, they struggle to really know who they are um, and they struggle to really know how to communicate. So with those folks, I usually say, just focus on growing the business, get clear on the clients you want, the clients you don't want the type of work schedule you want, because you don't even know if these are the services you want to sell. When I started out, I had about six different products, websites, social media, logos, um, email, market. I did all these different things, but it took me about two years to really dial in to what I wanted. And then once I dialed into what I wanted, I was able to raise um, my fees and I became a specialist in a particular area. And at that point, I started to build my brand. And I think that's what I'm saying is I I think we all need personal brand. I 
usually think people want to get that business built first to know what the brand is. I think that's what I'm saying. I get that. A mistake I see a lot of new businesses making is that they want to try and build a brand, Mm. not understanding that they actually already have one, Hmm. that a lot of people are starting their business as people. Their people already know who they are. You simply need to take what's already there naturally and scale it up a little bit, make it a little bit more visible and not take the step, which I think you were referring to as thinking, well, now I need to completely create a brand new brand in a corporate entity that nobody's ever heard of and doesn't believe in. People already believe in me, some, some people. So start with what's already working hmm. in your in your personal brand. And I think you'll get where you want faster. I couldn't have you here and not ask this question. And it's really, you know ads. Mm-hmm. Ads is a very complex landscape. But when you're a master of any craft, you know there's only a couple of things most people need to worry about. So if you were looking at the average business owner, you're saying, you know what? If you've got two hours to go and learn something, this is what you should go and learn. What would your go-to, what would your go-to advice be for them? Where should they spend that time? Yeah, so it, it kind of depends on, um, I'll try to give a big strategy view of it is, I say it depends on if you know the identity of your customers or if you know their intent. So start there. Is Do you know who your customers are, their age, uh, demographics, what they like to do? And then if you do, then you want to go to a platform like Facebook when you know the identity of them because you can go and select their interests, where they're located, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you know their intent, I normally recommend a search engine-based type of advertising like Google. Um, in that regard, people are coming there to say, how do I blah, blah, blah. And it's easy to get in front of people based off their intent. So that's that's the simple, simple way to, or simple, what was it? Simplistic way to think of it. Yeah. Um, and then, so starting there, once we kind of determine what we're going after for this example, we'll just say we know who they are, what they like to do, what types of um, people they hang out with. Well, then I would say, okay, let's get on Facebook. Once you get on Facebook, it's really important to understand that um, your goal is to stop someone scrolling. Um, so if we're going after the right people, um, the next step is to stop them scrolling. And that's going to depend based off of um, what your business values are, what you're okay with portraying in your yeah. ad creative. And that's going to be different across the board. So if I'm a financial advisor and I run um, a wild ad, that might do good to, to get attention, but it might backfire on someone's trust with me to um, give them financial advice. So I really think it, you have to figure out what works for your company, but we're really trying to create some creative that gets people attention. Um, and you were even talking about this. If you're headed down the road and you see all these messages you're taking in a lot. So I like the word attention better than the word awareness. Attention is actually focus on something um, while you exclude other stimuli. So there's mm. there could be other things happening around you, but your your attention is on one thing. Um, where awareness is you might be in a room and you might be aware of the door, aware of the desk, your computer, your lights, everything. You're aware of it, but your attention might be on a book. So I like this idea of really grabbing their attention, holding their intention, um, attention, and then leading them to the next step. So that's, that's very large and it's kind of hard to implement that as a step one step two but that's that's my thinking behind 
me running ads. And it really starts with what do we know about our, our potential buyer? How do we want to lead them to the next step? How far should the next step be? And this is the concept that I use of a bridge too far. I got this actually by one of my favorite marketers, Dan Kennedy, is that for some people, a bridge way too far is when you ask for too much too soon. But a bridge way too far is good when you don't want people to be your clients. And those are the folks that will come to you and say, well, is it possible that I can do this, this and that? And it's like, no, I've set it up this way <laughs> to exclude you. Um, right. And that's the bridge way too far. So um, those would be the big things. Are we identity or intent? And then we pick our platform. Once we're on that platform, we're trying to get their attention, which means they're focused and um we're trying to increase their desire to take the next step. Every ad platform works. Every ad platform works. It's really about where your audience is and are they starving for what you have. I think you're going to have to come back sometime when we're going to go deeper on ads. Would love to. Would love to. Thank you. Joseph, you've been an awesome guest. If people want to connect with you, how would you like them to do that? So the best way is to help you and me grow, <laughs> grow our YouTube <laughs> uh, subscriber list. Um, check me out, go to YouTube. That's where all of my attention is. Um, just search for me, Joseph Bojang, that's B-O-J-A-N-G, um, on YouTube and you'll find some of my videos. Depending on when you listen to this, I might have few or I might have many. Um, I always try to respond to everyone, but looking forward to connecting to people there. Joseph, I always end with this one question and that's what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? building my personal brand. <laughs> That's what it would be, a building building my personal brand. Awesome answer. Joseph Bojang, thank you so much for your time. You've been a great guest. Thank you. It can be challenging as a marketer to balance the needs to market your clients and take care of all the things which generate revenue and your own marketing. And Joseph does such a good job of that. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe. And if you haven't already, then join our Facebook group. You'll find a link in the show notes or just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. I would love to connect with you on social media. Follow me wherever you hang out. You'll find me at Bob Gentle. And if you do, message me, let me know and I can follow you back. If you enjoyed the show, then I would love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me as the very best way to help me reach new subscribers. My name is Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Joseph for giving us his time this week and to you for listening. And I'll see you next week. Thank you.